We live in a world where you can get anything you need delivered to your door thanks to DoorDash. If you don't want to do the dishes or you feel a little sick, let DoorDash bring dinner tonight. My family uses DoorDash all the time because it connects us to our favorite restaurants without us having to drive. Last night, we got some Indian food for my wife, some gumbo for me, and sushi for the kids. And everyone was happy, and we didn't have to do the dishes. The process of ordering was quick and easy, and I love DoorDash for real. So I was so happy to do this for them because I'm a customer, because I know DoorDash is your door to more. Must be over 21 to order alcohol. Alcohol available only in select markets. DoorDash, your door to more. Download the DoorDash app now to get almost anything delivered. Back in 1997, I was a young journalist with a few connections who somehow met Don King and got him to give me a ticket to the highly anticipated fight between Mike Tyson and Evander Holyfield, if only I could assure him that I would write about the event for a magazine. So I got a magazine to give me a letter saying they might let me write about it, but no promises. I got the ticket, but as a young guy... I had to empty my bank account to afford a flight to Vegas in a hotel there during a fight weekend. And up until the third round, it seemed totally worth it. It was such a thrill to be there. A big boxing match is a place where the air is filled with testosterone and aggression. And that Tyson-Holyfield fight was a hyper-masculine moment. I had a really nice seat, like 15 rows from the ring. And the moment they started clashing, my palms were sweaty. My heart was racing. It was like I was fighting too. The moment was so heavy and so tense. It was a clash of titans, two giants we'd waited for years to see fight. And plus, there was so much fighting on this. I had emptied my bank account to be there. So you can imagine my shock and dismay when the third round devolved into Holyfield leaping around in pain, pointing to his ear. That ended the fight. People poured into the ring and the crowd was left in confusion. What had happened? We didn't know. It seemed like an eternity before those of us in the crowd found out what had happened. Tyson had bit off a chunk of Holyfield's ear. A big chunk. (sighs) Why did he do it? Evander understands. Because he too used to bite people during fights. Now, to be fair, Evander was a child when he did that, but still, he says he understands psychologically why Tyson bit him. He said a lot of interesting things in this wide-ranging conversation that veers from why Tyson bit him to his mother's influence on him to why he lost all that money to what boxer hit him the hardest and the impact of yoga and dance on his career so much. Holyfield came to the studio and told me everything. Proud to say it's a Vander Holyfield on Torre Show. And yes, I had to start by asking him about that fight. For it to end so quickly, I was like, damn, like I spent like 
90% of my disposable income. And it's like two and a half, not even two and a half rounds, right? It was like, no, 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 it was three rounds. Three it was three rounds. But it was like three and a half. It was nine minutes. Yeah, it was like, <laughs> man. But I mean, I don't know how it was for you, but I mean, it was it was tense for me, and I was just sitting there. Well, well you know, and somebody bites you, man. That's, that's yeah. you know, that's, I'm talking, you know, it, like people act like it bothers the biting, the biting didn't really bother me. Okay. But he bit me twice. They bit me twice. I'm telling you, it it was shocking because I know what biting is. Because I'm the one that used to bite. You it, used to bite. What do you mean? I'm when I was a kid, you know, one of my, I'm the youngest of my family. Okay. My, my, my brothers and stuff. When every time they grab me, they they bigger, and you know, you know, cause they know that you. Know, all my whole life, I can hit real hard, and you know, and they be talking like that, and so they'll come at you when they come at. I swing, I hit them one time, and then so they, they whole big thing to put their weight on me and grab me. Okay. You know, so they get me in a headlock. Okay. You can sit down. So, so when they get yeah. me in the headlock, I tell them, I give because because I didn't know then as a kid I was you know I was claustrophobic. You get me around my head, I just can't stand. It. You get them around my head and ears, and I couldn't stand it. So. I will bite him. So I will. I will bite him. I will bite him right here because they have my head like this, and and I, and I can't breathe. You so, used to bite your brothers when they yeah, would fight yeah. your older brothers when they would fight you. Yeah, yeah. You know, so the whole big thing is that you know, because I can't breathe. Then when I bite them, they by the time they do like this, I I run to my mama, so can't nobody hit me in front of my mama. Right, right, right. And my right. mama said, "Boy, you stop biting people." I said, "Mom, but I told him I give." Like you, when, when when people bite you, they mean they want everything to stop. Yeah, you, you, you can't handle it no more. Yeah, when you bite, you ain't, you don't bite because you mean you bite because you they got you in a position you uncomfortable. You just wanted to stop. And that's what everybody says about that second fight. That yeah. he clearly wanted to sabotage it. I can't beat the guy, and right. I can't take being seen losing again. So yeah. let me just just. Get yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's what you thought it was. Well, what, not that I thought it was. I know because I, I understand scary people. And so they say, how do you understand scary people? Because I used to be scary. And so so when pe- when people are scared, they they, they flint the thing. They, they just want to do something. They just want out. They don't know if they're going to go to the new place or a bad place. They just want out. So they don't even, you're, you're not, when you're scared, you, you you don't even think rationally. You just, I want out. You just want it to stop. When you say you were a scary person, you mean you were a bully in the no, hood? No, no, I wasn't a bully. It's just I was a scared person, meaning, meaning that always worrying about what somebody going to say, is I gonna, what they going to, you know, I was poor. So the point that I'm looking at, how people looking at me, you know how people, People look at you and go like that. So you know that you ain't dressed well, but but you want knowledge about what dressing well well really was. Because the point of the matter. We live in a world where you can get anything you need delivered to your door thanks to DoorDash. If you don't want to do the dishes or you feel a little sick... 
Let DoorDash bring dinner tonight. My family uses DoorDash all the time because it connects us to our favorite restaurants without us having to drive. Last night, we got some Indian food for my wife, some gumbo for me, and sushi for the kids. And everyone was happy, and we didn't have to do the dishes. The process of ordering was quick and easy, and I love DoorDash for real. So I was so happy to do this for them because I'm a customer, because I know DoorDash is your door to more. Must be over 21 to order alcohol. Alcohol available only in select markets. DoorDash, your door to more. Download the DoorDash app now to get almost anything delivered. One of the people who helped inspire me to want to be in broadcasting is Oprah Winfrey. She's an inspiration for so many of us, but her daytime talk show was so incredible. And it told me that you could be black and authentic and real on TV. And that made me want to do it, too. Black Stories, Black Truths is NPR's new collection that's a celebration of blackness. Each of NPR's black voices are as direct, varied, distinct and nuanced as the black experience itself. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collection, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and how to create world-shifting things out of struggle. Every episode is a living account of what it means to be Black today, told from a unique Black perspective. Black perspectives that haven't always been centered in the telling of America's story, but now they are the story. On NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the Black experience. Hear a feed of episodes from across NPR's podcasts that center Black voices. Turn on NPR today and hear a range of voices as varied, as nuanced, and as Black as we are. Stories should never be about us without us. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths from NPR, wherever you get your podcasts. As a kid, kids will put on some checkerboard pants, structure. <laughs> they, don't, they could be two different colors. They don't understand, so they don't understand, so this is the reason why they put it on. The things that you understand, you, you do better when you, you have an understanding. When you don't have an understanding, you just have a pair of pants and a pair of pants. <laughs> I mean, I, I, you talk about being scary. And I perceived Tyson, Frazier, you know, some of the other ones, Foreman and his, as scary. Like, I wouldn't want to find them in an alley, right? And I perceived you as a, as a gentleman who's a superior athlete, and I will beat you in, in boxing, but I'm, Vander's not trying to tear your head off. Oh, no, no, I'm, no, 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 no. I never, my whole thing, when I was telling you as a kid, I was scared. These are the reasons why these things happen. I know the reason how people respond. I can even when an adult responds a certain way, you can you can say hey, he's scared. <laughs> because, <laughs> so scared people act the same. Right. I'm talking about confident people do the proper thing. You're you're confident in your ability to do this, so you you ain't gonna be so questioned about everything, cause you got confident. Oh, you know, you realize that some people, you know, I, I run into people that that I realize, okay. This person trying to say they know what they're doing, but they don't know what they're doing. Because mm. you don't have to talk that much when you know what you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> but what do you make of that notion that, you know, f- from from the from the stands, mm-hmm. I felt like Evander is not 
the guy I would be, I mean, I would never want to fight you, you know, nobody want to fight you, but I felt like some fighters are like, you know, they, there's, there's a wild energy to them that has been civilized into the Queensbury rules, and so they're doing this, but if you catch them outside, Mitch Blood Green, you know, like I said, Tyson, a lot of these guys, like, you know, they, they will rip your head off, and that's what they're trying to do in the ring. And I always feel like you are an athlete and you know you you also you don't want to sprint against him you don't want to hurdle against him because he's a superior athlete he's not trying to kill the other guy right he's trying to win right i never felt like you were trying to rip somebody's head off like some of the other boxers <laughs> well are. you know but the point is it's not that you think about but but well, i hit you i'm trying to get you out of there yeah you know don't think that i'm gonna take it easy on you right i'm gonna help you I'm gonna get you out of here as fast as possible. <laughs> you, you, you're not gonna step up here on my dime. And the, I, I, you know, the art of the game to 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 get the guy in a position where you can get him. Now, if the guy good enough, when the fight is over, you just look at him. You know, you did it on your own, not because I let you win. <laughs> I I can't say, oh, oh, I just let him do that. So what you said you always were able to punch hard. So yeah, what is yeah. the what is the physical key to a, a truly hard punch? Well, 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 you know, you know, as a kid, I, I, you don't realize that too. Some now, my dad, now, now, my me and my brothers, me and my brothers and sister, we, we had different fathers. I had a different father from them. So from all your brothers, you were the you, only one with your father. Yeah. So 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 the whole big thing is that my mama said. Your dad was the strongest man. My my dad can get a backhand up a truck and pick that thing up and make money. So so my my dad was one of them country people. Never did go to school, but he was physically strong and all that. He outworked people. So all my mama told me is all about his 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 his, his attributes that made him who he was. And so like I was cut nobody outworking. They have ten people doing something for one man or. I'd like to say, and so my mama would tell me the positives and say, you know, in life, if you outwork them, 99% of the time, you're going to win, son. It's you got to focus on the work. And he said, all right, son, anybody, anybody can do something when they ain't tired. tired. Working hard means that when you're tired, you still can do it. All right, so, so it's, it's, it's a mind thing, you know. Who can't do that when it's easy? But I felt like you could do 12 rounds without getting tired. That your twelfth round would seem just as sharp as the first round—is that how it felt to you? Well, well, you know, well, well that ain't how it felt, but that's what it, that's what it turned out to be because you were—you don't let, you know, you if if it's a twelve round fight, I went twelve round. If it's a fifteen round fight, I went fifteen. I I did a fifteen round fight. I did. I, I fought the guy named Dwight Muhammad Kwawi. I lost 15 pounds in that fight. <laughs> I lost 15 pounds in that fight, and you know, and this guy had, you know, he had he had too long got out of prison because that's how he got his name. I say because he he fought his way out of prison. Then then fight the amateur, and he beat he beat Saad Muhammad and all this, and so he was this this little five eight guy, five eight, but he had Mikey arm because uh, his arm was longer than mine. <laughs> 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 but how did, well, how did, what did you do to build that endurance that well, that you could go all day long? Well, well, you, you, it's, it's a mind thing because uh, because the whole big thing is that when when I fought amateur, I will always get tired after the second round. Mm -hmm. 
And so it was like I would consider so he's not a he he's just a three round fighter coach and the two second round he I I can now I can take I can take shots. The guy hitting me I cover up real well, but I can take them hard shots. So I realized that it's a three round fight. Now, either I'm gonna knock the guy in two rounds or either I'm going to probably get toe up in the third round. <laughs> but he's not going to knock me out. Right. So I still won two rounds. Right. So uh, so what what uh, Olympic Training Center did, they, 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 they went and got a psychiatrist, and they had a psychiatrist to talk to me. And the psychiatrist, and so everything is just a mental thing, how you think. So I find that success is that. It's, it's how you think. So the, the man told me, the man said, uh, he said, Vander, they say that when you, you go run, you you can you faster than everybody. Even in a long distance, say so you run three miles, you're the first one to do the three mile. And then sprints and you and I guess he said, Do you get tired? I said, Yeah. He said, uh he said, uh, well, if you get tired in doing the three miles, and you get tired and he said, what makes you stop? What makes you feel that you can't do it? I said, well, I said, he said, what do you think? I said, well, I said, I said, when I find myself getting tired in boxing, I started thinking that I didn't do enough. He said, why would you think you ain't doing enough? I said, because I'm tired. Then he said, oh, when you run that three miles, do you ever get tired? I said, yeah. He said, then why are you finished? He said, because... I know I can. He said, but it's the same thing. He said, when you get tired, you get disappointed and think. I said, because I thought, because all the other guys that fought, they ain't look like they, they ain't look like they were tired. Right. <laughs> so all of a sudden, when he told me that, he said, he said, you don't look like you get tired when you when you run that three miles. He said, but. You said, I said, but I know I could do it. And I said, he said, okay. He said, don't you always get through the third round? I said, yeah, but I, I get toe up. <laughs> he, said, he said, but why do you think you get toe up? He said, you stop punching, don't you? So you you stop punching. See, if you stop running whenever you get tired and just stop running, you ain't going to finish. Right. He said, see, see, you stopping yourself by how you think. And when he said that, I never ran out of gas no more. I realized that God, dog, you know, that that is a mind thing. Once you tell yourself you get tired, you know what you do. You start acting tired. So you're saying when you start to feel tired, you just tell yourself, "I'm not tired. Keep going." No, no. I just I go. I know I can do it, and I just keep doing. Keep doing what I've been doing. I mean, a lot of times when we get tired in athletics, the mind will start to soften, right? And the and, and it's you, you probably start, you start to give in to what you feel. Yeah, and but it's probably because your lungs and your muscles are not. No, no, you're just, I mean, as as a thought. These thoughts that I say, it's just like it's just like me, you know, with my kids. I tell them, I say, yet you ain't yet learned the experience that I'm trying to tell you. I understand that you feel that it's hard. You feel that it's hard. So you start making it hard on yourself. You can get there if you just listen. 
You answer, and so you do all that you can. That's the big thing. Uh, success in life is that you telling yourself, "I can't do it." Mm-hmm. If you say yourself you can't do it, you're not going to do it either. Right, right. Because it, 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 do you really believe that you can't do it? Because the person really believe they can't do it going to stop. Right. The person that they want to do it, but they don't believe they can. They they get close to they see. I, I can't do it. <laughs> then they'll change their mind and they'll do it. Mm. And so, so these are instances of mind things that you 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 in control of your mind by what you continue to choose to believe and hold on to it. So that's what success is really about. Four time champ, at the four time heavyweight champ. Four time heavyweight champ. Plus the another belt from another un, un, undisputed undisputed cruiserweight champion. So. What I mean, this is one of the great boxing careers of all time. What set you apart? What made you so great? Uh, I, I think my belief in Christ, which is my mama belief, because my mom, my mom is the one that you see. Well, I look at it like this: my mama told me, "I love you, son, all the time. I love you. I love you so much. I want you to be better than me. If you don't." If you don't, if you don't make these mistakes, you don't have to break them. So my mama knew that things were about habits. So you ain't got to worry about if if you don't get on drugs, we ain't got to worry about trying to break the habit. So with the whole big thing ahead of time, before you even start thinking about things, they start telling you these are the things you don't need to do. Stay away from these things because these things are not right. These things are addictive, and you get when you get caught up on them, then you start all your whole life. You got to not. You, my mom said you can't miss that you never had. Right. So you know, just think about it. here. You as a kid, and you're like this. You're just looking at everybody. The first time I had had some earned juice, I was four years old in preschool. What? Some what? Earned juice. Okay, orange juice. Okay, okay, okay. 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 So here it is. I'm, I'm, I'm then, you know, I'm, I'm a kid. I'm just looking, you know. I see everybody else, you know. You observing like, all these kids, like, everybody the same. You looking, and and they get this orange juice, and that's my first time seeing orange juice. And a little bit, a little bit six ounce cup, and 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 everybody drinking you. Can I have your orange juice? Yeah, you know, yeah. you know, it's orange. I ain't, I never seen that that color. <laughs> <laughs> I look, look like so so you know, some little bright and stuff like you know. I'm used to water. and I'm used to kind of something like Coca Cola. Cause my mama used to drink Pepsi. Okay. So like this, you know. Now, you, you for things that you're familiar with with some uh, something that bright, you don't know. <laughs> then they said, well, you at least taste it. So I just take it. It was so so sweet. Uh huh. Like this, like that. Then all of a sudden, you you taste a little bit more. Then taste a little bit more. Then all of a sudden, you can drink the cup. Then all of a sudden, they uh, I like oranges. <laughs> like, but you know, it, it's like all these different things change you in, in life too. So you mean like you are you saying that you were able to create uh, training habits and mental habits that separated you from the pack? Yeah. Yeah. Because you were you were physically just 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 at a photograph level, you were physically superior to all the other guys. Just the way you look, you look like a bigger, stronger, fitter athlete than all these other guys. 
Well, 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 you know, I, I, I trained that way. I trained that way, and, and, and I, you know, I had the same. My mama used to tell me all this, boy. She says, you know, you never can miss that. You, you, say, if you, you, say, you can't miss that you never had. Now, you got to understand, people do these things. You sure don't do it. Like, everybody just get, everybody say, that mama boy there, that mama boy. <laughs> so so it, didn't, it, didn't, it didn't bother me because you know what? Ah, I love my mama. But did you, as a boxer, I mean, you were in a good era, and you were a champ among a, a good crop of guys. Yeah. Um, you know, and some of them got you, but you got the best of most of them. Yeah. What what were you doing as a boxer? Were you fitter? Were you better defensively? Were you better offensively? Were you a better mover? Like, what were you doing better than everybody else? Well, I, I think being better is what is what's called appreciation, appreciating what what you got. So my mom always told me, say, you have to learn to love you. You have to learn to love you. Stop looking at everybody else and looking at their hair. Why my hair ain't like that? Why are they like this? Like my mom said, love you. You got to be appreciative of what you have. And so it's a whole big point of appreciate life. So success is a part of appreciate, appreciating that my hand, I, these my hand, this my foot, and all this. Because you know, I was, I never was the, I was never the tallest. I never was the shortest. And I just, it went nothing so much with me that made me so much different for somebody. I'm always, I'm always in kind of in that middle, and you know, didn't want to be in the middle. I wanted to stand out. I wanted to be the biggest, or I wanted to be the smallest. I didn't want the, the this, middle. This, this, this middle person that you are, <laughs> that don't nobody pay attention to. People tend to pay attention to the people who stands out. So my mama said, well, but if you're going to stand out, you want to stand out in the right way, things that are right, not things that are wrong. So, you know, so the whole big thing is that, you know, so my mama was very strict. But and but it, 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 it appears that, like, my older sister, my older sister who, my older sister, her kids, my older sister's kids was the same age as me. But, and so my, so, so, so all my friends that my friends, they, they, they mom, my mom was like a grandma. Like my mama had me when she, I was 30, when she was 35. So, so I got to, I got a generation, a, a generation of people who just were, no, you, this is what you do. Now I said, see, my, my nieces and nephews that were the same age I was, was able to sit on the sofa like this. And I wasn't able to sit on that sofa. Now, <laughs> I could walk by that sofa and just look at the sofa, but I couldn't go sit on that. And 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 I didn't understand as a kid, and, and but I know my mama don't play that stuff. But my grandmama said, I told her, grandmama, hey, she let them sit on the sofa. She liked them better than me. And my grandmama said, but that's her grandkids. That's her heart. I said, well, I thought I was supposed to be the dog on the heart. I'm a, I'm a child. <laughs> but my grandma said, no, you, you my heart. <laughs> I'm like, you know, but I didn't say, I didn't, I didn't want to be my grandma's heart. I want to be my mama's heart because that's my mama. Now, they mama don't treat me like that. 
But but then again, I'm not their grandkids. I'm I'm her brother. Right, right, right. <laughs> like right. This, so so it was almost like I kind of felt that that I'm always getting left out because because my mama my mama let her let the grandkids do jump on the bed and all this. Man, I couldn't even sit on my bed. I if I get in the bed, I got to lay down. <laughs> <laughs> so take me to take me to. I mean, like. You're doing a career. You're in the midst of the, the game. Who hit the hardest? Well, was it Tyson? No. Well, well, I I'm not saying that he don't hit harder than all of them, but he didn't hit me hard because he didn't catch me. So the whole big thing, you got to get caught with a shot to to know that somebody hit hard. Now the person who hit me the hardest was George Foreman. Really? Like, even I mean, at even at a, he was fairly old when you well, guys well, fought. You know, if you call forty two old. Yeah. Well, then that, he was forty two. I mean, for an athlete, that's very old, but he still was able to hit you the hardest of well, everybody. Well, you, know, you know, but matter of fact, you know, he's the slowest one out of all of them too. <laughs> and so, by him being slow at forty two, I got he caught me with caught me with that right hand at the end of the eleven round, and I was like. Uh, when he hit me, I go, oh, my feet did like this, just stiff, and the bell rung. Then, and, and, and it, it looked like I paused, but my I had to wait till my my feet they, I would have fell over because they were stiff. So the, eventually they come back, then then you start walking. Then I go back and I ask the people, did did he knock all my teeth out? <laughs> Where he caught you? He caught you in the face? Yeah, caught me right at the end of the lick. Bam! Like just straight in, on. Just like you know, just like a cape. You know, he's a big old fist in the higgler. He got he, they got they have a it him. I think it was him. There was George Foreman and uh, Reddit Bow and Lennox Lewis. Don't know. Them three people, they had to make a, that's a, a bigger pair of glove because they got these big old meat cleavers. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, so they, they, they glove was bigger than ours, you know, like this, but, you know, you know, but, you know, the same six ounce. But, you know, but the thing, the thing is that he just happened to catch me with that shot that, that I realized that, oh, shoot, he hit me again with that. No way. But are you saying that you didn't take a lot of hard shots because no. you were a good mover? Well, well, good defense. Good defense. That's a part of the game. You only get hit because you don't move. Right. Like that. So so the art of the game, you the punishment that you take, at least you know you're taking and you 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 feel that you can handle it. This that's like Seth Vincent, this is what Tyson would do to somebody. Tyson would get all up get look at you just like this and 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 come close to you and and he know that you're not going you going when he give it a swing at you you're going to go straight defense so he know that you're not going to hit him but when Tyson fought me he do that he he know that when he swing I'm going to swing at the same time as he swing and somebody going to get hit and so everybody know that Evander get hit but they but you plan to do hit back. So what's gonna happen when you know a guy get hit and but he do hit back? So the whole big thing is give a whole new perspective to the game. 
So is that why you were able to beat Tyson? Well, of course. I tell you, you know, it's, it's, it's a mind thing. You just, look, if 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 oh oh, I, I forgot that we even talking on this. But uh, um, the thing is, is is you and I fighting, and you see me get hit all the time. You don't get hit harder because you know what? Because you hit so hard, people afraid to. Right. Oh, sure. I, I got to go defense because this boy going to hurt me. Right. So if you think about it, you're going to get hurt, eventually you're going to get hurt because the guy keeps swinging because you're not swinging. Now, well, you know, if we both swinging, somebody going to stop eventually because the person keeps getting hit, then who who going to give in to, oh, I'm hurting. I'm going on defense, which I'm on defense. That give you a chance to hit me. So – See, this is key to why you were able to beat him, because his reputation preceded him. Grown men who were tough as hell would go in the ring scared as hell because they heard all this about Tyson. And you were like the first guy who was like, I- I'm I'm not scared of you. Like, I'm really in the deepest fibers of my, I'm not scared of you. Were, were you truly not scared of him? I ain't scared of nobody. I ain't scared of nobody I could hit back. But you knew the you, you knew the reputation. But, but I knew the reputation. But it's just like my, my mama brought me up. She said, "You can hit anybody back except me. So, <laughs> so you can't win a fight if you don't hit back. So I'm not afraid of nobody I can hit back because I can try to win, even though I may lose. But I can at least try. But when somebody takes that you can't, then all of a sudden you're gonna lose." If you can't do it. Were you scared of Tyson at all? No, no, no. Uh-uh. Only person I was afraid of was my mom because <laughs> I can't hit her back. Were you ever afraid in the ring, even as a as a youngster or an amateur? Because I I mean, I did a little amateur, bo- very, very little amateur boxing. And it was nerve wracking. to. Ju- I mean, I was at the ear biting fight, okay, in the stands. My palms were sweaty as hell. <laughs> Just the whole moment was very tense. It's It's a deep human moment when you're going to have a physical conflict with somebody well, and yeah. i feel like it's it's inevitable that the heart starts to race and the palms get sweaty because you're nervous about physical confrontation with another man so were you ever nervous or afraid about going into the ring what, what, nervous and all that that's part of what go with boxing the whole thing afraid when you don't do what you're supposed to do i supposed to do it i supposed to hit you if i don't hit you i'm scared because I'm supposed to hit you. So I don't do nothing. So I get hit because I'm so afraid that when I try to hit you, you're going to hit me harder. So it's just like, that's just like you're bringing a kid up and a kid hits you. You said, no. You hit the kid a little harder than they hit you. Then they pick their hand up and they start thinking about you're going to hit them a little harder. They just start crying because they realize I'm afraid to hit you because I know you're going to hit me harder. So, but that's what it that's what it is in the game of boxing. It is not by your feelings and all this. It's like my nerve kick up like before a fight, before a fight, I don't even sweat under my arms and all that. But every time the fight comes, my arms it just start sweating. It, I, I smell this stink, and I just I take and put it on my glove and like this, but. But I'm my heart beating fast and all that, but it do that for me to be able to fight as good as I fight. Sure. If I was now, I went in one fight, I wasn't even nervous. Which one? Uh fight with Chris Bird. 
I got tore up. You know what? I wasn't even responding properly and all this. You know, like you know, because you weren't sufficiently respecting the opponent. No, 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 no. I respect him, but you know, but I was I was bigger. You didn't think he could beat you? Well, what? What? No, I no, I don't think nobody could beat me. <laughs> but <laughs> but that's confidence, right? But yeah. if you think. Your opponent has no chance to beat no, no. you. It's hard to get to your best self. Well, not really. No? It's just the fact is that I was injured, but I thought I could whoop him with an injured too. Now, what, that's, was, what was injured? I my shoulders. Okay, my shoulders, my, sh- my shoulder. Injured. But you know what? Which I think you know. Every time I fight, something ain't right. That's a whole big part of life. Part of life is that everything ain't going to be feeling good. I ain't never went in the fight that everything was just perfect. And I won. So the whole big thing is that I, I go in this fight and like this, and I'm getting hit anyway. I'm getting hit because when, like, when my shoulders my shoulder messed up, but all of a sudden it, it hindered something else. You have to be balanced. Everything got to be balanced to flow like it's supposed to flow. And, 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 but when you like when I was young, I never I ain't a stretch. I ain't have to do nothing. I was the type of person that I come to I come to a fight. I come to the fight, man. I don't even have to warm up, man. My heart beats so fast, man. You know, man. You, every time you blink your eye, I I'm gonna hit you. Yeah, I'm gonna hit you. I'm talking. That's how king it is. That when you when you focus, you get a hit and you look at the guy. And 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 he don't even know that you, you don't took two step on and he ain't moved yet. You 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 let go, boom 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 boom. You hit him about three or four times. You like, and you can see the shock in this person's head that they 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 don't know what you gonna do. You see people caving in before time, like that. But but that's the whole art of the game of boxing. All the game of boxing, you have to think you you got to put your, you know, I I walk when. I get in the ring. I get in the ring. I do the same thing every time. I remember, you get in, walk around, let them see what they getting ready, what getting ready to happen, like this and like this. And everybody look and say, "Oh, shit, look at him, bro!" When the fight, I let go on them guys. I let go. I'm gonna figure you out, and I'm gonna take you out. Did you hate your opponents? No, no, no. Everything is out of love. L O V E. The fight is out of love. Uh, yeah, yeah. How's that? Well, because love, love is you being your very best at this thing that you practice. What you practice, you're supposed to love. You know, this is what you do. You you do these things like that. You love it. So this is what makes it so natural because you don't like you. Uh, I'm even something gave you problems. Don't nobody know it gave you problems, but you. If you don't tell nobody, everybody go what? But you're trying to. I mean, you're trying to put him on his back. Well, but the point of the matter, he's trying to put me on the back too. The art yeah. of the game, if if we like say for instance, if we both good, we do this. Even if we don't get each other on the back or get knocked out or something like this, when the fight is over, you you tap the glove, you yeah. you you get out the ring, you say, you know that moment throws off a lot of fight fans, and I feel like I understand. You know, we have this intense interaction of this fight; it's over. Let's hug. It was not. I didn't actually hate you, but for like, to explain that, because a lot of the fans don't understand how you can fight, 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 and then hug at the end. Well, because it's competition. 
I just, if, if, I'm telling you, if you trying to get a job and somebody else trying to get a job, you think you ain't fighting for that position? Yeah. He's just in a different way. When it all was said and done, you'll be mad, want to want to fight the guy, cause cause he he knew something that you didn't know, so that's how he got it. Well, maybe. <laughs> well, I was talking about, talking about the point is after you don't fault you after you don't fault and got paid, now you you gonna fight for free? No. <laughs> but you respect him after you've had that 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 tough fight with well, him. Well, I I respect any man getting a game of boxing because I realize how what you had to put in to do it. I'm talking. You act. You you. They should pay you for all the time, everything that you go through to become a fighter. I'm saying, man, the, the hard work, and you don't get. I don't nobody see the hard work. Don't nobody pay to see what they should be paying to see. You know, you got to get up in the morning. You got to do this stuff every day. You got to do this. You, well, take me through a typical training day when you were at your peak. What time are you waking up? Well, what, 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 my own thing is that uh, I, you know, I used to run at night. I run, I run at night. And I would run at night because it made me sleep better. Okay. All right. Well, but take me from the from the beginning. Like, what would be a training day? You're getting ready for a big fight. So I, 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 you wake I, up what? Four o'clock? No, five o'clock? No, I, I get up. I get up early in the morning. We we I I, I do I do the sparring first. First thing in the morning. You know, sparring. First thing in the morning because five a.m. Uh, you know you know I have six o'clock. Okay. You no, know, you know they they be at the bed the gym at six o'clock. See, I had the odd thing, and so. Cause my mama's an early bird, get the worm. You know, people get up late, they get the leftovers. So I had this thing where I get up early in the morning, and the reason why I get up early in the morning is so I don't have to worry about the whole day these guys that that gonna be trying to beat me up. You know, you I pay sparring partners to come in. I I got three sparring partners, and it's these guys' job each and every day to try to beat me up. It's their job to beat me up. And, you know, they're getting $1,500 a week they pay, paying these three guys. And so, and so, and they get to choose which one going to go to three. We, you know, I, so I do this. I do from, I do from six to 10 rounds. So, from the, 6 a.m., 10 rounds. No, no, no. In 10 rounds, I mean, six, uh, 10 rounds of boxing. So, yeah. So, so the coaches said, well, you're going to do six a day or do eight. Okay. Or you're gonna do ten. It's not every day. Okay. So and he tell me what order and they do whatever order they want to do in. So now and 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 these guys was younger. Sure. And they were they were younger they were younger than I and 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 status wise they were bigger. They were bigger than me. Too. So you so you do the sparring, you start with six, eight, no, ten rounds of sparring and no, then no, what? no, 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 no. I, I do the sparring, then when I when I get through doing the sparring that's it. I I I go back and I go back and eat breakfast and all this and stuff like that. What would be a typical training breakfast? Well, wait, but you know, I I I, I like you know, my, I was I was like that grits, eggs, bacon, southern southern style, like that. Then, Scrambled eggs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so and but but I, I juice I juice I juice every morning. Orange juice. No, I say I juice every morning. You know, no, <laughs> like, all the stuff that I ain't like, like you say, everything that's green and all that, the fruit, not the fruits, the, all the vegetables and stuff, I juice it. Okay. And I juice all that, and and I take that every morning, because even though I ain't like it, I find that it works. So, and so, so 
like I don't have problem with my hands and knees and ankles and all that because all these stuff is good for your bones and all this and and it somehow you know so I had a guy that specialized in conditioning and so so he tells me all these things but you know but my own thing is that when you're young you 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 your body's young so you you don't know if it's working or not so wait, so wait, so, so so keep taking me through this day. So you you have breakfast. Yeah. Maybe what is ten a.m. now? Wait, wait, wait. You know, but but you know, you're about you're about ten. So then then what do you do? Then then I rest. Then I do. Then I do. Do I do? I do the weight. My weights. But the next thing that I do, I, I do three 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 sections a day, three different things a day, to to kick up to. To it get to the point in time for the fight. So there's sparring, eat, rest, weightlifting. Weight, weightlifting, then stretching. And my last part is stretching, which is tough. It's, it's just stretching, man. I'm telling you, you know, it's just amazing that something as simple as stretching. And, 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 you know, I had a ballet teacher, and she stretched me and stuff. And, and like, after all the thing is the worst and the hardest part of it. And then, you know, then, you know, then means when when all that is over, all that stuff is over by 9 o'clock. Then for, for what I, at that time, I should love to dance. So I can go dance for 11, 11 o'clock to 2. To 2 a.m.? Yeah. Get up, get up in the morning, the same thing over and over. Wait, where was the running? The running before the dancing? Yeah. No, no, no. no. Running always after the dancing. So you would dance for a couple of hours uh, yeah. and then go run. And I say running, you're running. Say, I, I, I run a three-mile track. Okay. I run a three-mile track, and it takes me 15 minutes to run it. I run five-minute mile. That's fast. And I just think, well, and, and everybody said, God, don't I, so, so I do that because it benefits me because when I go, when, when I do that, I'm up my when I said, oh, God, oh, oh shoot, oh, you know, hip, boom, 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 I take a shower and I, I lay down, bam, you know. Then the day started again in, in the morning, something like this, but I do this on a consistency. You go out dancing. What kind of music does Evander love to dance to? Well, I like R&B. I like R&B. And, like that classic R&B? Well, you know, you know, you know, the 70s and 80s, you know, you know. I'm, it's kind of threw me off when when rap came in okay. and all this because because it's about words. So everything that I listen to is is, is positive. So then all of a sudden when they start cussing people out and they would become it become not like Sifin said. I like everything with energy you make it. It's like it, it's almost like when I'm dancing, I'm thinking about fighting. You know, all the positive words come to you know you be the best, you know, and, and being the very best in what you do. You know, like that rocket song, dun, dun, like that. But just, oh, when you're dancing, you're in a rhythm, and, and when you're boxing, you box in a rhythm. And so, anytime you can get in somebody else's rhythm, you can beat them. So, and and dancing, you like even when you dance with somebody, somebody start doing something, you start doing it too. You every time you dance somebody, whatever they do, you you do the same dance. So you and they flow. So boxing is about rhythm, 
Boxing is always about rhythm. You, yeah, within that rhythm, are you trying to enforce your rhythm on him, or are you trying to? You said try to get inside his rhythm. Well, you you get it. You get a person. If I I know your cadence to you, you do this, so you do the same thing. Like Tyson go one two, and and he come off his feet, he getting ready to hit. When he go one two, I jump in. Bam! I hit him. <laughs> so that's how you get inside his <laughs> rhythm. That, 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 that you see what he's gonna do. Oh, well, yeah. I'm talking about, you know, I'm talking about, you know, you, you know, the guy doing that. So, so everybody make the adjustment when they want to. So people watch me boxing. They say, uh-oh, he getting ready to get hit with six shots. Because you get a rhythm. You get the same rhythm. They can see it. But the guy who swinging at now, he don't get it. Because the fact that he getting hit. So it make him, he get confused because he don't know when you're going to come out and do it. But right. everybody say, Evander. We already tell him when you're getting ready to throw that six piece on him. I, I said, well, you know, you, you you double jab, boom, boom. You double jab, boom, boom, like this. And so you fake at the guy. Then the next time you go, you're going you're gonna to attack him. Like this. And so you just change, you change up one jab and all that. And you, the guy never know he's coming. But because, no, I know the guy is set up to hit him with this because the fact of the matter is he don't know when I'm going to do it. And like this. But... Most people who, who who know what I'm doing, what they do, they 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 reach and grab me real quick and throw me out of balance. Because the only person who can can break that rhythm is a person who arms longer, who would reach out there and grab me. Yeah. And and that's the reason Leonard Slew was the only person that would just reach out and just and do it. He he'll grab he's me. Tall, he's way taller than you, right? Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's six we, five. He was the tallest of the of the elite boxers you faced, right? Because he well, no, no, I fought a guy that was seven seven two. But he was not an elite boxer. I mean, of no, the, no, of he the, wasn't. He wasn't. What does eating healthy mean to you? Whatever your eating goals, Thrive Market is the best place to get all your groceries and household essentials. And getting Thrive shipped to your door is like having a great supermarket right outside your house. I love that Thrive Market carries brands with the highest quality ingredients and ethical sourcing methods. Whether you're looking for organic kid snacks or low-sugar alternatives or gluten-free essentials, Thrive Market's got it, and their site lets you curate your shopping experience quickly. And as a Thrive member... I save on every order, usually about 30%, which of course I love. And when you join, you help a family in need with the membership matching program. Join in on the savings with Thrive Market today and get 30% off your first order plus a $60 gift for free. Go to thrivemarket.com slash for 30% off your first order plus that free $60 gift. That's Thrive, T-H-R-I-V-E Market dot com slash Torrey thrive market dot com slash Torrey on March 16th 2000 two sheriff's deputies were shot in Atlanta Jamil Alamine a Muslim leader and former black power activist was convicted but the evidence was shaky and the whole truth didn't come out during the trial my name is Mosi secret and when I started investigating this case in my hometown I uncovered a dark truth about America from tenderfoot tv campside media and iheart podcasts radical is available now Listen to the new podcast, Radical, for free on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Influencer. It's a word that gets tossed around a lot these days. There is a woman who went the distance. 
who broke ground as the first true influencer by living a remarkable life. Her name, Elizabeth Taylor. I'm Katy Perry. This is the story of the original influencer. This is Elizabeth the First. Elizabeth the First, the podcast, wherever you listen. If you're anything like me, you hear about this rash of white people calling the cops on black people, and you know, once 911 is dialed, the cops are on the way. It's 50-50 that a black life survives. For real. So you got to take protection and take care of your family. I walk around scared nowadays that somebody's going to call the police on me for doing nothing. Just walking down the street, not looking like they want me to look. And who knows what could happen? Got to take care of your family. What happens if you get killed and you can't provide for your babies? You have to have life insurance. Black person without life insurance. That's crazy, man, because our lives are so fragile. Got to be able to take care of our people after we're gone. How do you get life insurance? Policy Genius is the easy way to compare and buy life insurance online. In just five minutes, you can compare quotes from over 15 life insurance providers. And when you compare, you save money. So you take care of your family and take care of your wallet right now. Four million people have shopped for insurance on Policy Genius. They put over $20 billion in coverage. They don't just insure life, they insure health, disability, pets, renters, whatever. If you've been putting off getting life insurance, don't put it off any longer. Tomorrow is the day that the police could get you. It could happen. It's never been easier to buy life insurance. Rates are at a 20 year low. So go to policygenius.com. Compare and buy life insurance. Take care of your family after you're gone. Ten losses in your professional career? Uh, yeah, ten, ten. What was the emotionally? What was, what was the hardest one? Uh, uh, Reddit bro. Yeah, I'm saying you know why? I, you know because he was one of the young guys who used to be my sparring partner. So yeah. he knew more about me than anybody. Cause now, 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 now he was an excellent fighter. Because now, at seventeen years old. Now, when he when he was seventeen, I was I, when he was seventeen. I was twenty one, and and I sparred him then, and he would give me trouble. But I I still beat him. I, I tears behind up, because, and he. Always confident. He's a very confident person. And I was just trying to figure out how in the world you at 17 years old going to try to knock me out. I'm, I'm a pro. <laughs> I'm a pro. Man I'm a, I'm a, man, I'm a pro. But when he came to it, he had the advantage of, of, of familiarity. He knew you already. Well, 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 well he did, but, but, you know, at the, but at the time that I fought him, I, I was an undisputed heavyweight champion of the world. See when when we spar, I would cruise weight. Okay. I would cruise weight. You know, I weigh, you know, I I weigh two o two, not two o one. I weighed one hundred ninety. Okay. And like this, and 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 he was bigger than me then, even at one hundred ninety. You know, he went two o one, and and he would give me trouble, and so I'm but 
even in that fight, reason why it hurt me bad because I let him play with my emotion. How's that? Because he 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 told me he he you know me and him were buddies you now me and who were good friends and all this so we sitting down and he go he said let me tell you something if you don't run I knock you out he said that before the fight yeah like when I, you know, we me and him just sitting there we just sitting there you mean when you're out promoting the thing no no, no we no we no me and him was sitting we were sitting we were same size he just he just, just caught a thought and just said Evander. Let me tell you something. If you don't run, I'll knock you out. I looked at him and I said, boy, I don't run for nobody. I said, what? Shh. I'll beat your dog on behind. <laughs> like this, you know. But Reddy was always young and funny. He very comical, but can fight. But that got in your head? Oh, yeah, it got in my head because, you know what? Because when the fight started, I won the first two rounds. Then he hit me low, and all of a sudden, I just started going, and my corner said, move, man, move. And I started thinking about how it used to be. If I put pressure on him, he runs out of gas. I put pressure on him, he didn't run out of gas. <laughs> Dog, man, he, I heard him, and he he, he come firing back. And then, you know, and then he had a good I mean, most tall people don't have a good short game. Mm. He was a he was a good long range puncher, and he can fight the short game as well. And so, and by him being bigger, he was a lot more physical. And even though I can take his shot, it just wore me down. Mm. You know, so it's the whole big thing. So I end up fighting the second time, and he made Stewart said, "Oh, you look. Let me tell you the problem was, you you you." You, you fought him the wrong way. I said, what you mean? He said, he said, move around on in the first, the first six round, then put the, then go toe to toe with the last six, cause he'll be tired then. You'll be stronger than him. But if you go against that big old guy right there now, he, he gonna wear you down. And, you know, and that's what happened. But it, was it hard to lose to your former sparring partner? Was that part of the emotional thing of it? Well, it was emo- emotional. To I didn't think nobody could beat me. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm, I'm, I'm serious. When I beat George Foreman, I beat George Foreman, and I weighed, I weighed 208. George weighed like 264. Yeah. So I beat that big man. You know what? I was walking around. They didn't say it to nobody, but I walk around and I say, I can beat anybody with two hands. If you got two hands and you want to fight, I beat you behind. <laughs> I actually that I'm telling you, that's how I actually felt. Till I got beat by Red Bull. <laughs> but you say like like you felt it, but you didn't say it to anybody, and I and I felt that from afar that you were super confident. But you were humble. You were not egoed out, right? You, 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 I mean, and we're used to seeing heavyweight champs who run around the world. I'm the man. I'm the baddest man in the world. And you seem like, you know, I, I know it. You know it. I, thus, we don't have to talk about it. <laughs> well, well, yeah, I, I, you know, and and confidence. It, 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 confidence is that that you don't have to prove that to people. Like my mom will always tell me, say, "Zip it up, zip it up." She said. 
People see you fight, you ain't got to say nothing. My, my mom used to tell me as a kid, boy, a person can look at the shape of your head and know that they don't want to fight you. <laughs> and say, you know, it's, 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 uh, everybody got to say, son, you got that look that don't nobody really want to fight you. They say, a person is a fool who want to fight you. He said, you, you walk with confidence that, well, don't nobody really want to fight you. And my whole thing is that, you know, and, you know, the whole big thing, I don't want to fight nobody else either. <laughs> so, you know, that, that was me. I don't want to fight nobody because I don't want to take the chance that somebody that I think can't fight can fight and beat me <laughs> and mess my reputation up. But I do hear you talking about strategy, and it seems like you were good at, getting into the conflict and analyzing what can he do, what can't he do, what does he not want me to do, and making adjustments and executing it, right? Is that is that something you felt well, you were well, good at? Well, well that that is a part of a uh, technician of boxing. Realize the things that you can do. I, I always had fast hands. always had fast hands, and I fought people who had fast hands just as well. Then, but the thing is, what what would you gonna do that uh, make them feel that you faster? Throw more punches, and so so the throw more punches, you have to have better balance, and so and then and 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 I could pivot real well because I had a good I had a good strategist coach that pivot to the right, two times to the right, and come back to the left. You got him, and so you know, and so I find that when I do things things like that. People start getting dizzy. Mm. The heavyweight get dizzy. Oh, you know, you know, you know, and, and everybody start looking at you as a gnat. Ain't nothing like a gnat. It's a doggone gnat. As little the gnat is, it bothers you. But like so, so the art of the game, the fight like a gnat. You get it out there real quick. You ain't got to hit them hard. Just let it know it coming by their way. And so, so they get so caught up in that, then they get hit with shots that they never did see. And you said the ballet teacher helped you with some of that movement. No, the ballet teacher helped me in my stretching, and okay. and, and so she, the ballet teacher, um, and she she from uh, upstate New York, and and she and she and it was amazing that she would let me know how important it is to stretch. She said, "Evanna, you don't know what you got in there. You're so tight." He said, "You know, you you know, said you it want to get out, Evanna. Come and by these stretches and." And I never lost a fight when that lady with me. So she, she what was her name? Uh, Mara Kennett, Miss Kennett, and and the lady did such a great job. And the day that you know, the day that the day that she she broke her hip, you know, because in the snow up there, slipped and fell. And so, and that's what the day that I lost because ready to bow. And like this, because you know what I didn't. Did nobody stretch me like that lady? It was amazing how you like a person, but you hate a person mm. because you, you, she doing this for the betterment of you, and it hurts so bad, and it's so long, and you know you're stretching. You know, I'm saying, man, to stretch and hold something up for a minute or two, all these different stretches, and and then. You get finished, you, you feel good afterwards, after you left, but in the process of doing it, it was just amazing, all the stuff that I endured because I had an ego too. And, and my ego that ain't nowhere where I'm going to let this older lady think that she hurt me. <laughs> I'm, I'm, you know, I wouldn't even, I wouldn't, 
I'm saying, but it was mental, you know, just, you know, you know, you know every time you, you get a stretch, it, it hold, your breath, you can't breathe a little bit more because you take it a little bit more <laughs> than you stretch it, it, it cut all your breath off. Uh -huh. Like this, so you, you know, and so, it, you know, you have to be in condition to do it. And so, I'm telling you, it, it really helped me. It really helped me. I, I never, I never probably been the fighter that I wouldn't. Because when she showed without me without stretching, without stretching, because this is how your blood circulate. Because the more that you stretch, your blood can get through that faster, and all this. And so, and so it's a, it's amazing that how I say, you know, man, how men's like, oh no, oh no, you tell them stretching. You you see, you see, men's get mad. You start telling them stretch, they go, they 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 know that. You tell her to stretch, she'll reach a, so a wait, man. A man, yeah. like, you stop because it, I thought it, it's something about stretching. So, so, <laughs> so look, uh, you know, over the last few years, we've been talking a lot about football and how, uh, you know, CTE, right? And all the collisions those guys are going through is having an effect on their brain, right? And you were dealing with the same stuff. I know you didn't get hit a lot, but you did get hit. A, a lot for a human being, right? Not a lot for a boxer, but a lot for a human being. Do you notice, do you feel any difference in the way that your brain works now than 10 or 20 years ago? Well, I can think my brain worked better because the fact that my whole thing is up. I, I always read. And, you know, like I always say, I learned to read better when I got older because I, I got out of the point of fear. You know, the fear of somebody going to laugh at you, joke you, and all that. This is what happened to my, all my young years as a kid. You know, so you find yourself talking real fast because you just want to get through it real quick. Da, 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 da. You know, periods or nothing. <laughs> you just, just go because you hurt. So the whole big thing, a part, a part of my humility back then, a lot of time because of fear because I was just, I didn't want nobody to laugh at me. So I went trying. So a friend of mine, a friend of mine, a guy named Randy Mann, Told me, see, Vander, you know, because they said, man, because everybody said, man, he's that boy, a tight tongue. And so Randy said, Evander, your your tongue is a muscle. You you got to practice reading. He said, you know, he said, just like your arm, you're doing like this, you got to practice it. More that you more that you practice, the better you become. So, so you you don't feel any uh, lingering effects of. Being no. a boxer for all those years, because no. you were out there for a long time. Oh, of course, I'm, I'm probably longer than everybody. Yeah, but the, the thing is, is that I, you know, I read the Word of God. The, re the Word of God talks about healing to your bone by you just speaking the word. So I get up, pray every morning, and I, because I realize, in a point of praying, I'm actually benefiting my health, and so it, it, so it's a proven it's a proven to me now that I think a lot better than I used to think then. Man, you know, back back then, you know, I was like, as if something come up, man, I was I offensive, and I would get mad quicker, and all this because you know, you know, because I'm thinking you tearing me down, and so more that that I, I I continue to read and continue to speak the word, things start changing. Beside the Bible, what yeah. are some of your favorite books of all time? Oh, that, that's it. I you know, you know, if, if it ain't the Bible, that I remember time. The Bible and the Sports Illustrated, because of the things I, I like stuff that's true. I like actually stuff that are true. When I read the sports page, 
in real life called These Things Are True. I mean, I just, you know, you know, sometimes, you know, because I didn't, you know, I wasn't good at, at, at reading and stuff and history and stuff like that. The fact that the matter, the point is saying, is this really true or not? Only thing that appeared to be true is the thing they read about the sports. In sports, who won? You want to know who won. What did they do to win and all this? And so it's, the strategy in life is that, you know, you really want the truth. You really want the truth. And my whole thing is I was always, I was always about I can handle the truth, whether it's good or bad. Because if you can handle the truth, then you can make adjustments. But to, to 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 get all these ideas in your head, yet you don't know if it's true. If you read, if I do things that I like, things that are true. Okay, this is what happened. Okay, then then you can find out why it happened. But if if you don't know if it's true, then why you want to read something that you don't know is true? About? You're born again. Yes. How has that changed your life? I I, I probably never would have made it. For, if I didn't get born again, I would never have made it. I'm mean, you know, it, it's just the fact is that that my mama taught me about the Word of God. And at the time that that I learned about the Word of God, I was you know you know, as you know, being a kid, you know, I didn't have no place to go. Now, self if I was if I was 17 or 18, my mama told me to go to church, and if I didn't know the Word of God, then I would have, I would have went, I would have went where I wanted to go, because that means I would have friends that I can go over their house and all that. So at the time that, at the time when when I had to go to church, everybody in the family didn't go. They, they had friends. I ain't have nowhere to go but the church. So unless I was gonna sit outside and what, I was scared of myself. I don't know what's gonna happen if I'm by myself. I go to church just to be around some people. And so all of a sudden, one day I went to church. They were talking. They were talking about God like young people, and it's just telling the reason why God like young people because young people, young young people don't know where they're going. Young people always be other people. They need somebody. You know, and adults a lot of time, either they believe in the Lord, even they don't care about it. They already know where they're going or not. Young people trying to find somewhere to go. So it's easy to bring young people in than somebody older. Mm. I older say, they don't want it. So, okay, we're talking about your whole life. Yeah. You made a ton of money. Of course. You lost it. What happened to the money? Well, well you know, realistic is just like anything. If you if Did you ever train to have money? Mm. So it's the whole big thing. If you don't, like, it's hard to keep something that you don't prepare yourself to keep. Mm. Like this is so, and this is this is the way it was with me. But, but the point of the matter, all my life I knew that I will always have it. I will always have it. So just as you know, they they, you know, the Bible talk about recovery. Recovery is is a person like myself. A healthy person always can recover. And so that's what I do. I recover. So everybody's oh, you wasn't on. No, I just don't have as much as I used to have, but I have a lot more than I did when I thought I was good, even when I was a kid. <laughs> I remember the time I didn't make $8,000 a year. I said, you know, I, I said, man, you know, I, I, life changed because who you are for what you have within you. Is there 
an investment or an expense or some choice that you can look at and be like, ah, that's the thing that really screwed me up? No, I, th- I think the process of uh, growing, you know, I could have died and, and it could have been over. It, that would have been, oh, man, he died this way. You know, I, I got a long, good, wonderful life, and and the fact that it matters, I I could tell my kids. I tell my, you know, I tell my kids, you don't need to do that. Same thing that my mama told me. Says, my mama said, you know, I made these mistakes where you wouldn't have to make them. So this is the whole investment or being a parent, being able to tell your kids, look, you know what? you made out of me. And I tell you what mistakes not to make. Not because I, I lived a life. It's funny you mentioned your kids there because, and I want to talk about your kids. You have 11 kids? Yes. But many, many of the big-time athletes who made, like, triple-digit millions and then ran into problems, you consistently see they got multiple divorces and they got a bunch of kids. And so mm-hmm. when you got to pay out to the family... Right. That really you can't. Yeah, that that really just sucks you down. Well, well, it, it does because you the mistakes that you made. So one thing is that, it just, but like I tell like like I tell my kids this. I said, you know what? They they say, Dad. So why did you have a problem? I said, you know, what? I said I didn't have a live-in dad. Mm. I said, so, I said, I said just like a man ain't gonna be able to train ain't going to be able to train uh, his daughter to be exactly what she should be because he never been a woman. Mm. Now, somebody can come in and he and he get somebody and somebody else pick that part up. I said, but, I said, I didn't have a, I said, I believe my mama's so. I believe my mama's so. And so you know what you do? You end up marrying somebody just like your mama. Mm. Have your mama tendencies and all that. But my mom used to always tell me, she said, son, I love you. My mom, but my mama had told me, she said, hey, ain't no woman going to ever love you like I love you because you my son. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she, she said, because, you know, the competitor, like a woman want to be more than a man and like this. What was her name? My mama's name was Annie. Annie? Yeah. You've talked about her so much today. I mean, like her... Uh, she, she seems very present in the front of your mind. Like you keep bringing her up. She's so much wisdom from her that you keep like in the front of your mind. Well, I'm I'm, I'm this is you know, you know, like every good thing comes from the Lord. Mm. So and so so anything good that you speak about, because this is something that the Lord gave you. See, so this is the reason you don't put your mama before the Lord, but. Every good thing come from the Lord, so you thank God for this mom. Now, what would I happen? I ain't have that mom. And, you know, because everybody gets, oh, if I could have choose my mom, but you will be in trouble. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> ain't nobody going to know how you are. They ain't going to know how to do the right things. Right, right. You know, I, I got two kids. How, how old is your oldest and how old is your youngest? Uh, my oldest is 30, 33, and my youngest 13. You have grandkids yet? No, a thirteen-year-old still living at home. Yes, you have. How many kids are living at home with you right Just now? Just two. Just two. Mm-hmm. I mean, look, look. You got to have a, a close 
relationship with your children. You got to nurture them and be there for them. They got a problem. They got a joy. They call you. I don't have 11 friends, <laughs> people who I am that close to. And you got to be close to 11 younger people. How do you do that? Well, actually, it's how they do it. Because, you know, the Bible, the Bible, the Bible say you have not because you ask not. So, you know, so my whole thing is that you, we set the foundation as a kid when, when they're young. This, this, you know, you know, they realize that they don't have to ask their mama that because their mama always talk to them. I said, now, I said, look, you got to understand now, a man and a woman is different. I said, do you think I come in and say, what's going on? What you thinking about and all that? I said, but your mama asked you that, right? I said, I don't ask you that. I said, now, when you, I said, I said, you're not going to have God calling you. Get up and pray. I said, you know, I said, our job on this earth is to tell you, you get up in the morning, you want to pray, you want to give thanks to God. I said, so, I said, so, so, and God, God ain't going to call you. You, you got to, you got to come to God. I said, so I said, as a father, I'm like, I said, if you want something, the Bible says you have not because you ask not. I so so they anything that you want. I'm your father. You want to ask your father. I ask your mama. I said, you know, you got one. Of, I said, one. Of, I said, one of us gonna be able. To, I said, you're a part of both of us. Mm. So this is what you do. So I'm saying, right? So you let them come to you as it. needed. What I'm, I'm done with saying because the point. But you, but you got to be like, you know, I'm super interested in your football game. I'm super interested in in whatever you're doing, and you're working on your oh, eighth yeah. grade homework. Well, I'm interested in that, and you got 11 people that you got to look after. It's it's. I just <laughs> my wife was talking about let's baby have another one. I'm like hell no, like I can't see. I don't have enough mind share for these two and you. You got 11. Well, but the, the point the point of the matter is what. Anything that you're given, God makes sure you go. You're gonna be. I mean, it's it's a different thing. I wouldn't have had eleven kids that ain't have no money. You better believe that. <laughs> you better. I'm, I'm I'm serious. I'm I'm, I'm saying that's. I'm saying because the big thing of me bothered me when I was a kid. My mom was telling me, say, well, you know, I you know the things that I want to do that the other kids are doing. My mom said, well, son, you 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 can't do it. You see, you know, you can't do it, and I'm like. And so my mama said, well, you got to remember this. Only thing I said, well, mama, but where my dad at? <laughs> I asked my mama, where my dad at? My mama said, well, you know, don't worry about where he at. You just worry about where you going to be at mm. and when your dad asks for you. Mm. So, you know, so my mama said, only thing that you miss, you want to make sure your kids have it. So, you know, with me, I had made up my mind, if I don't make no money, I ain't having no kids. That way. That was instantly. So have you been able to uh, give your kids a significant, like, do they have trust funds? Well, well yeah. Yeah. The, the, thing, the thing is, is that the things that I learned, I said, what I didn't have, the first thing that I wanted to do, make sure my kid had a good education. And one of the big things is that because the fact is I used to cry all the time because, because the fact is I, with my mom, I would ask my mom, I said, how they know something that I don't know if we the same age? So my mama, my mama said, well, son, who run the fastest in school? I said, what, well, mama, what you, what you mean? She said, running, who run the fastest? You. I said, well, I do. She said, I said, but what that got to do with it? She said, 
Well, you wanted to, what, they can read, you can't read? My mama said, do you wonder why you can run, they can't run as fast? She said, God gave you something just so he gave them something. Stop talking about how fast you are, they'll stop talking about how smart they are. <laughs> you have a boy who wants to go into the fight game, right? Oh, well, yeah, he, he, he boxed, yeah. I've, I've seen a lot of fighters who said, oh, no, 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 not for my kids. I did that so my kids don't have to. You didn't want to tell him, like, I've been there. You don't want to do that. Well, but no, I, I would not. My own thing is that. My thing is to do whatever my son wants to do, bring him up properly. If you have to do this, then you want to start at a young age. I say it's just like education. You spar with him? No, 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 no. I didn't get into that because he hit me. Then, then, then it's on. No, no, no. Wait, he hit. Of course, he gonna hit me. But the whole thing, I ain't, my mama didn't play no kind of hidden games with us. My mama said, "Son, you ain't gonna never hit me." Right. And so you know, so you know, but you, if you do something wrong, I'm gonna hit you. But you ain't gonna never hit me. You got corporal corporal punishment. She hit you. What's a corporal beating, beating, spanking? Oh shoot, man! My mama, 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 you look at my mama room, you may get what, that. What was she? Was switch the belt? Uh, my, the... my mama would switch the belt, anything that she get her hand <laughs> on. My, my mama didn't play that. So you know, so you know, with with my my whole thing, I realized you don't play hidden game with kids. Cause kids don't know when to stop. They go. Then all of a sudden, you, you, but, but he wants to be a fighter. It's not a hidden game. He wants to be a fighter. I mean, he's a good fighter. Matter of well, fact, he's in why, a, why not spar with him so he could see what sparring with a great fighter is really like? Well, no, because because you know you know the whole th the thing is is this you you got other kids his age that you put them like like Seth instance, you know we lived in this nice neighborhood and all this you know you know where I took him to fight now we went to bank you know we went to bankhead court you know that's in Atlanta that's that's the hood. They had, they police athletic lead and that bankhead court people don't care nothing about nobody. So I bring my son down there. First thing they say, we well, gonna beat his butt. I said, well, I said, but this is what boxing, daddy. They they curse all the time. I said, you just don't curse. I said, I said, you know. And so I I start them in like I start them in at eight years old and all this. And you know what? They used to get tore up all the time. They ain't, ain't like it, but I said, no, no, no. Y'all got to do this. Y'all got to do this boxing thing. So by by the time they by the time they turn twelve, then you know, they, if you don't like it no more, you're like. So one of them went on the football, and one of them boxed. Still the one that boxed, still boxed. So I want to. You're promoting now. Yes. I want to talk about boxing on a bigger plane, because you know. When when my dad was growing up, boxing was one of the great, big, popular sports in America, right? And you're a little bit older than me. When we were growing up, boxing was one of the big, popular sports in America. And part of that was about you could see it on regular television, right? I remember, uh, you know, watching Tyson before he was champ on ABC or watching a fight on HBO with my dad. And as I got older... And toward your era, you had to watch on pay-per-view. So that cut a lot of people off, right? Like, so I saw Tyson come up as a before he was champ. So when he got to be champ, I've been rocking with him for 10 fights. That's my man. Now when you get to the pay-per-view era, I'm like, 
I don't know if I want to pay 50 bucks for that fight. I don't know one of those guys. I don't know either of those guys. And I feel like it cut a lot of people off from the sport. And it made the top guys richer, but it cut a lot of the fans off. And boxing is no longer one of the top, top sports like it used to be when, you know, 20, 30, 40, 50 years ago. What do you think of that theory? And what do you want to do to create more popularity for the sport? Well, actually, you know, I I chose to be a promoter because the fact that I did want to help the games, I, I think the true meaning of appreciation, coming back and give back something back to the game that you you got a lot from. Yeah. So I chose to be a promoter because I want but I didn't want to be I didn't I didn't want to be a coach because the fact is I ain't want no more enemy because I knew if I if I pick if him I, if I train people. My guy's gonna beat your guys up, cause I know what to tell him, and I'm I know what guys to get. So it's obvious that as a promoter, I get to say, okay, then I will make sure you get your opportunity to be champion. I said, but I let them know that I don't make champion. I give you an opportunity to be a champion. Now I can give you all the tools. Now you got to apply them, but I'm giving you an opportunity. Now don't nobody go nowhere without opportunity. So life is about opportunity. And so the, so what what had God has given me is that I can give a person opportunity and show them the way, but they have to apply. And But the hard work is the person who applied. Because the person who applied is so taking the risk. What do you think about my theory about why boxing has lost some of its prevalence? Yeah, 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 yeah. Your theory is great because the fact of the matter when Howard Cosell, mm. when Howard Cosell there, Bob was at his highest. And why was that the highest? Because Howard Cosell ran the TV network, and when he talked to the sponsor, he'd tell the sponsor what these kids could be doing. And he and Howard Cosell, and I remember when we, if we fight against Canada, Howard Cosell would let everybody know in the world we're fighting against the world. And if they ain't in the United States, we are fighting against the world. So so we had sponsors who would sponsor the fights and people get an opportunity to see these kids who 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 didn't have the parents that they had, you mm. know. Cause every time I, I go I go a lot of places, I tell the people, I say, you know, I didn't choose my mother. I didn't choose my father. I said, I didn't choose the ghetto, but this is where I came from. And but because we Americans, Howard Cosell used to say, well, he could be doing something wrong, but he chose to do something positive and right. And the sponsor would put that money in into the boxing and and we would compete against football while we in a sport. Howard Cosell put them fights on TV and people get the chance to see the thing and so this is the reason why people people say, how did you get so popular? That's because their parents seen me. And as their parents tell them, this is Evander Holyfield. So people, people say, these people weren't even born with you. And I said, but, you know, they got parents, though. I said, who don't believe their parents? I said, look, I said, I didn't. I didn't know who Muhammad Ali was, and I, I ain't know no Jackie Robinson and all this and stuff. I ain't seen TV then. I said, but when they told me I could be like Muhammad Ali, it became real. Is it really a meritocracy? Is it really the cream rise to the top? Or 
do you have to have the right promoter and the right relationships to get the chance to get up there? Well, no, cream to ride to the top, of, and they're going to be because the people are good. I, I tell you what, people like people who are winners. Winners are people who don't quit. Not talking whether you're a good person or a bad person. The people who get to the top, they don't quit. Do they have they, they go they go through whatever's necessary to be that, and they end up with people good, they end up with people bad. But but it's the work ethic and the people are not quitting. They're the only one to get there. Hmm. You said that you could tell him, you could tell a fighter how to become champ. Like if you were his coach, you could tell him what to do. So what would be your advice if I was a young fighter? want to come in the game. Evander, be, be my coach. Tell me, what what do I need to do to become a champ? What would you tell me? What would be the advice? Well, wait, there are three things you, you tell people. Listen, follow us and don't quit. But because it was so quick and so simple, but it's the fact that if you listen, that means you're going to do the things that's necessary. If you follow direction, you're going to apply them. If you don't quit, then eventually you're going to become it. I mean, the first one and the third one are straight to the point and simple, and I and get that. But the second one, follow directions. So, what would those directions be? Well, wait, I'm saying, I'm, I'm saying, like Seth Vincent, it, 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 like you got to fight this kid here. You look at that kid, and you, <laughs> you up there, you got kids who you can look at as just intimidating, and you you looking like looking at this kid and go, you know. If you don't want to fight him, then you're not going to fight. Even though we put you in a match, you're not going to swing. You're going to lose. So the whole big thing is, and and the same thing that happened to me. Now, it's just the fact is that, you know, I'm black, as you can see. Now, my, my my brother told me white boys couldn't fight. I'm telling you, so, you know, and so, and so, and I'm, okay. So he said, so, so. I, my my first fight, I, I fight a, a white kid. And, and my coach, who was white, told me, say, you know, you go out there and hit him right in the nose. And his coach told him to hit me in my nose. So when we ran out there, the kid closed his eyes. I didn't close my eyes, so I hit him right in the nose. And I win. So all of a sudden, I go, wow, okay. I take home this trophy, and my next fight, I fight another white kid and I hit him in the nose. He's oh God, and then I start crying. I win again, so I win again. So after three fights, you know what? I start thinking that my brother, my brother, know what he's talking about. <laughs> they, they can't fight. So, at, 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 at twelve years old, I ran into a white kid named Cecil Collins. Now, now Cecil Collins was white. Just like these other white kids, but he was different. Now, the other white kids came from kind of wealthy families, and and they were always smiling, waving, and so, and and they had boxing shoes on. Now I I ain't had no boxing shoe. I boxed barefooted, and so Cecil Collins, he was white too, but he he had no shoes on either. His hair was long, and he. He looking down, you know, and his mom and dad weren't with him. I was like, so it's obvious that he he must be a poor white kid too. 
He must have been a poor white kid because all the other white kids were always smiling and grinning like this and stuff. And so, and so, and so they used to call me One Punch Holyfield as a kid because I would hit kids one time, it would be over. So all of a sudden, my coach told me to go hit him in the nose. I hit this boy in the nose. His hair went out like that, came back, and he hit me back, and for for a whole minute, we just swung. And so I go back, and the coach said, what's wrong? I said, he hit me back. He said, welcome to boxing. And so it lets you know that people are different. It ain't about the color, but I learned at a young age that white boys can fight too. But what? Go ahead. Go ahead. And so, so in the point of then I fought him again. He beat me again. Then it took me to it took me to I was thirteen years old to beat that kid. I, I, it, one thing that I love about that story is even at the beginning, you're thirteen in this story, right? When you're first fighting tournaments and stuff. No, 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 no. That that one. No, when when I lost the other two fights, I I won my first fight. But I won my first fight when I when I was nine. You're nine years old, and you're faced with fighting someone for the first time, and you don't close your eyes. You, I mean, even then, no fear, and that made the difference. He closed his eyes, you didn't, and you were able to hit him. Right. So how did you have no fear even at nine? Because I, I have, I, I'm the youngest at nine. My mama and my sister and my brother, they hit me all the time. <laughs> and I have to do what they tell me to do. <laughs> so the whole big thing, you know, I'm to, when you get so mad when you start fighting your brother older than you when you know he's still going to win. You know, I'm telling you, you know, somebody's your size. You, man, it don't, it don't even, it, your confidence is already there. The last thing, one of the, Biggest rap songs of all time, Snoop Dogg, Ain't Nothing But a G-Thang. And he name checks you. Ain't, that's realer than real deal Holyfield. When you heard that, what did you think? And what did you feel like? Wow, like Snoop Dogg mentioned me in the rhyme. Well, 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 well you, know, you know, you know, my whole thing is that, you know, I really didn't even like rap. But, you know, I, I you know, but, but. I like, you know, it's my whole thing. I ain't like what they said. Right. And so, but I remember when Snoop Dogg said that, really didn't, man, everybody, you know, you know, so it would be funny you somewhere and the sun come on and you know they're getting ready to say, real deal, holy field, man. It was just, and so, and the body said, ain't that him right there? Everybody the said, yeah, that could be it. Hey man, ain't you who holy field? I said, yeah. Are you real deal holy field? I said, yeah, just like he said, like that, you know. And, and the people agreeing and stuff like this, but I'm like, I'm talking. He's the one that kind of the name kind of like you know, when he said it, all of a sudden you know everywhere I go, you know I hear people saying it's a real deal, real deal holy field. <laughs> Thank you to Evander, the real deal, Holyfield, for a fantastic interview. And thanks to you for listening. The show gives you fuel to power your dreams because you can use your dreams like a rocket ship to blast you into a life you never imagined. You can make your dreams a reality. 
this show can help. I'm on Twitter at Torre and on Instagram at Torre Show. Please stop by and say hi. And if you like the show, please subscribe, rate, review, and spread the word. Tell a friend who you think would like the show. Torre Show is written by me, Torre, and produced by Chris Colbert and the Young Turks with help from William Jolly, Jason Wallace, Candid Nicole, and our photographer, Chuck Marcus. We'll be back next Wednesday with more knowledge from amazing folks because the man can't shut us down. We live in a world where you can get anything you need delivered to your door thanks to DoorDash. If you don't want to do the dishes or you feel a little sick, let DoorDash bring dinner tonight. My family uses DoorDash all the time because it connects us to our favorite restaurants without us having to drive. Last night, we got some Indian food for my wife, some gumbo for me, and sushi for the kids. And everyone was happy, and we didn't have to do the dishes. The process of ordering was quick and easy, and I love DoorDash for real. So I was so happy to do this for them because I'm a customer, because I know DoorDash is your door to more. Must be over 21 to order alcohol. Alcohol available only in select markets. DoorDash, your door to more. Download the DoorDash app now to get almost anything delivered.